Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome to Bois, Bois. King of the Hill podcast. Oh boy, I almost didn't get that yeah, word out. That was, uh, that was rough. <laughs> I am Mike, and, and I'm this Rusty. is Rusty. Yeah. yeah, so Rusty, we're all the way up to season five, episode nine, chasing episode Bobby. Nine. Chasing Bobby. You know, a lot of these we record on uh, either Saturdays or Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings. Right now, it's about eleven twenty uh, on a Sunday. Uh, and what you said you'd been watching something all morning. What have you been? Uh, watching? I've been watching uh, Snooker. All mm. morning, which is a billiard snooker, which is not billiards. Billiards is uh, the fifteen balls. See, you know, I always thought billiards was anything you play with those balls. No, I think billiards is specifically like a fifteen ball rack with the eight ball in the middle, and yeah. the eight ball is the you know the winning ball. Okay, uh, so nine ball you wouldn't consider billiards. Uh, nine ball is nine ball. Okay, uh, they they call the the fifteen ball game with the eight ball in the middle. They call that eight ball. Okay, but it's actually fifteen balls. <laughs> All of this is making sense. Yeah, but uh, now I've been watching Snooker. So Snooker is uh, I I don't know which one came first, uh. the chicken or the egg, uh-huh. but uh, Snooker is played with fifteen red balls. Okay, and then you have five colored balls. So at the, the are they different colors or are they just one no, other different single colors. color they're different colors oh, there's okay. pink uh yellow green black and blue hmm. and okay. uh so the way that game is played is uh of course you break the red balls mm-hmm. and then the red balls you knock a red ball in and then a colored ball in and then a red ball in and then a colored ball oh it has to go one or the other yeah but it doesn't matter every, which color no it doesn't matter which oh, color okay. right. but when the colored ball is pocketed it's pulled back out of the pocket and reset to its original position at the start of the game because there's only five colored balls and there's 15 of the so red balls. until you've knocked them all in with a red ball and the red ball has gone in? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I, don't, I don't know all the rules like super so, intricately because I'm yeah. just uh, – yeah. uh, I remember my dad played it when I was a kid when we lived in England. Yeah. And then when we moved over here, of course, we transitioned from 
uh, the big 12 by six snooker tables are huge. And then whenever we transitioned to the United States and I started going to bars with him and watching yeah. him play eight ball, yeah. you're just on a standard pool, you know, bar pool table. So then. the so snooker the table is, is bigger. Snooker tables are huge. Huh. I didn't realize and, that. And, and I didn't realize that either. That's what I'm saying. Like I've just started watching it over the last couple of mornings. Cause yeah. it's on early in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause it's like lunchtime sure, for them. Sure. So it'd be like morning time for us. So, huh. uh, I just put, started putting it on, on the mornings and, uh, uh, so I, I knew the pretty much like the basic rules, yeah. but there's like there's a point system. I don't know the point system, but there's like however many points you get. So I don't know honestly if you have to knock in all the balls to win or yeah. if it's like you hit a certain points like mm-hmm. like darts. Well, what's interesting to me is that the, uh, the normally, I are you queuing on the red ball or are you queuing a white ball to hit the red ball to hit the pink ball? No, you have the you have the cue ball mm-hmm. and you hit your cue like whenever you're on the okay. break. Whenever you're on the break, you have your 15-ball rack of the red balls. And then in the front, you have – I think it's the pink ball in front, mm-hmm. and then you have the black ball behind the rack. Okay. You can't hit either of those. So whenever you go to break the rack, you have to hit it on oh, the sides. Oh, I see. You have to go straight on and okay. hit it on either side. Huh. And uh, d- depending on your break, you know, of course, then you get to try your shots. you got to make yeah. a red one, colored one, red yeah. one, colored one. But they have a referee oh, so who comes and pulls the colored ball back out and s- resets that you're ball. You're not knocking the color ball in with the red ball. Uh, no. You have to the, complete a, a red ball, you then a, a colored ball. ball. Uh, I got you. Okay. Because I was thinking then everything would be like a two-ball combo or whatever. Yeah, but they're all uh, – all the balls are lighter and smaller, uh-huh. and the cue sticks are th- thinner and, yeah. you know, a little, diff- little yeah. different as well. And then uh, they also use a bridge a lot, which is the thing where they set the stick on right. to go like that because the table's so long. And just just as a disclaimer, if your balls are lighter and your stick is longer, please see your doctor. <laughs> okay, um, let's go. Season five, episode nine, chasing Bobby. Chasing Bobby. Uh, okay, so I told you I, you may hear a lot of this because yeah. I had to I had to print it on both sides because I was out of paper. <laughs> so uh, chasing Bobby, we start with no bell, no yell. Uh, when we get one of those beautiful. And we've had this like three or four times now, yep. that Arlen overview, you know, with the butterfly and yeah, the whole yeah, thing, the butterfly right? stuff. We've had mosquitoes and we've had butterflies. That's that West Archer and, yeah, direction. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I love the way that it ties into the end also. Oh, yeah. this uh, The episode title, Chasing Bobby, is also that's going to be a reference to the movie Chasing Amy, right. 1997. Ben Affleck, Joey Lauren Adams, Kevin Smith. That's a Kevin Smith movie, right? Yeah, that is yeah, a Kevin Smith Yeah, I think Smith it was movie. right after yeah. like Mallrats. This universe. Yeah. yeah. I think it was right after Mallrats. Uh, okay, so uh, everybody comes out of the garage, this being Hank, Dale, Nancy, Bobby, Connie. Uh, they are on their way to the, to the movies, we find out, because Peggy has a big newspaper up in front of her giant dome. Uh, and it says, okay, I have narrowed it down to one movie. We are seeing The Flowers of Time, rated <laughs> PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America and PG-12 by Peggy Hill. By Peggy She gets to Hill. come up with her own ratings, Damn. yeah. Uh, Hank says, when I agreed to see a movie today, I assumed it was understood that I meant not a lady's picture. A lady's picture. <laughs> uh, she says, Hank, just because <laughs> it takes place on a rose farm does not mean it's a lady's picture. He goes, it doesn't help. And he's <laughs> he's absolutely right about that. Uh, all right. So he the gets flowers in. flowers of time. <laughs> they all get in the truck. <laughs> it's such an innocuous name. Yeah. Uh, they get in the truck. Truck won't start. Uh, Bill and Boomhauer are just kind of peeking over the fence there. Hank says, dang it, she's been giving me trouble all week. 
Uh, he pops the hood and gets out, and now all four of them are looking under the hood at the engine uh, while Peggy and um, Nancy are over there just kind of leaning on the truck waiting. The kids are on the, uh, the bed of the truck on the uh, uh, tailgate. Uh, and he goes, first, this is the distributor components. Uh, then I had to tweak the carburetor's fuel air mixture. Peggy says, for God's sake, just take it to a mechanic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Such an ass. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Dale says, uh, another man touching all over, playing with their manifolds. Uh, and then Bill says, and then making Hank pay for it? Don't yeah, tell me. Yeah, that's really <laughs> odd. Yeah, it's like a, it's, it's like really, a, really weird. Yeah. He says, uh, you'll pay for it. Hank says, uh, Peggy, this truck's been through four presidents and three Cowboy Super Bowl victories. And, and that actually and brings zero us to mechanics. our uh, first artifact. Yeah, go for it. So the three Cowboys victories. So this gives us a, a bit of yeah. time frame of this how is, old this, this uh, is. Aikman, this uh, truck is. Emmett Smith. And 1993, 1994, one of the back-to-back Super Bowls, which we just had a back-to-back yeah, yeah. Super Bowl winning. And this Kansas is 2001 City. when this came yeah. out. So you're talking eight years probably, but yeah, it's probably yeah. more than that yeah. because he does say that it was uh, four, four presidents. presidents. So that's so 12 you years. Think four presidents no, would be 16 years. Yeah, so four presidents would be Reagan, which takes you to what? Uh, but does 81? that mean Reagan twice? Nah, Re- eighty-one to eighty-nine. Yeah. So so the truck is supposedly. Uh, let me go to uh, my notes here. Uh, let's see if Artie's got it, because if Artie doesn't have it, I have it. Okay, yeah. So in this episode, this particular truck yeah. is like, probably not both of Reagan's terms, probably yeah. his last term, but uh, 86 is what okay. this truck is supposed to be. Okay. Hank's Ford Ranger generally looks like a typical 1993, yeah. but for some reason in this episode is a 1986, and the reason why is because it can be identified by the uh, – it was the last year for the Rangers to use carburetors. Oh, so the fact that oh. it's carbureted—that's cool. Would would huh. connotate that it it has to be at least 16, that old, at least that old. old. Yeah, eighty yeah, six. Okay, all right. Well, that makes sense. And for one of those Rangers, sixteen years is a long time. Yeah, and, and the presidents would be uh, Reagan, George W. H. Bush, Clinton, and George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. So both Bushes and. Uh, well, and that makes sense too because we just had that thing where. George uh, W. Bush was coming through for handshakes and baby kissing and all that stuff. Yeah. That was this uh, season yeah. also. That was. Okay. Uh, truck finally starts. He says, uh, there she goes. All right. Everyone in quick. Peggy, to the flowers of time. No, I'm sorry. That's Bobby. To the flowers of time. Uh, I don't know why my voice changed there. Uh, now we're <laughs> at the, uh, the Heimlich 18 Theater. Uh, and uh, Peggy and Hank are getting their popcorn and their drinks and all that stuff, and he's putting more salt on his popcorn. He says, $5 a ton if you feed it to pigs, and it's the exact same corn. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> it's a decent argument. Uh, Bobby comes running up with Connie and goes, and they said nobody could beat the claw machine. He's got a stuffed bear in his hand. Hank says, that's great, son. Now, now give it to Connie. He goes, uh, no, she won it for me. And Hank just kind of shakes his head. I mean, because it's <coughs> whatever it is that's different, Bobby's going to do it. All right, now we're in the movie theater. Uh, and uh, it is uh, <laughs> the, the title, Flowers of Time, comes up on the screen. We see two people on horses and butterflies and flowers. So this is our second time with the butterflies. Yeah, Butterflies, flowers, it's very like... Um, 
gosh, what would you combine? The, the notebook, uh, that kind of feel, right? It's got that. One of them sappy. Ladies picture. Ladies yeah, it's got, that, it's got yeah. that kind of feel to it. Uh, all right. something uh, <laughs> I guess that Hank would be seeing. I don't watching. think Hank would watch this too much. Yeah, well, Br- I don't Bridge think on Hank the River Quiet. want to watch different. anything that ev- ev- evokes an emotion. No, 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 uh, no, no reason for it. Unless it's pride of an, in America, I didn't that have would be a, the only emotion. I didn't get a dad that. Uh, what well, my dad was more emotional, I guess, than his mm. dad was. My dad's dad was born in 1912, so yeah. like the disconnect in generations between him and him, because he was born in '60, so the disconnect in them two generationally was way huge than sure. uh, what most fathers and sons go through. Yeah, uh, my dad took me to a ton of uh, horror movies. Horror movies. That's what he mostly took yeah. me to see. Yeah, horror movies, some action stuff, but mostly horror movies. Yeah, so uh, I can't remember where I was going with that. What? Oh, you were saying about your dad being emotional. Oh, yeah. So E.T. was like a movie oh, that he yeah. would cry at. He's yeah. like, He would cry at like E.T. and stuff like that. So there's there's movies. So so my dad would actually cry in movies yeah. and watch. He'd watch anything. My dad consumed, I guess because as a kid, they didn't have a TV for like a good chunk of time when yeah. he was growing up for yeah. probably like, he didn't get a sure. TV till like almost to where they could watch it all the time right. uh, till almost late 60s, early 70s. Wow. So whenever he got a TV, it was a novelty as a kid. But even as an adult, he would like... Sci-fi channel, yeah. any movie, B movie, C movie. He'd just watch anything. D movie. Yeah. He'd just any consume yeah. any kind of TV well, stuff. Well, no, so. my father has that in common with him because he would watch anything. Like, yeah. My when I, would watch anything. When I, I think it's because they, they come from a generation oh, where sure, TVs, sure. like you had to it go was, outside and watch the TV. It was an extravagance. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, was, it was a big deal. Um, so when I owned the little video stores, I would get uh, these screeners all the time. So studios send these to you so you'll watch them and then you'll buy the movie so you could put it in your store for rent yeah, right? yeah. and so I would give him all the screeners that man would watch damn near I mean anything <laughs> just yeah. terrible stuff because most of the screeners they send you not off, awful movies yeah, but good. they're just trying to get you to buy a few copies and put it in your store yeah you know? I, I think he still has a lot that are on DVD. I think he's still yeah. got them. Yeah, yeah. No, I bet. They're just garbage, but he, whatever. They're, they're, I'd watch them. Yeah, uh, I like watching garbage stuff. Blue like Thunder that. 2 or I was something like that. Uh, yeah. Common Rider. Common Rider. It was a, uh, it's a, it's a Japanese uh, kind of like, uh, I want to call it like Power Rangers type thing. I know there's a name for it because there's a lot of those shows like that that in Japan that are serial or whatever like that. And it's like these guys that are dressed in these like these bug suits. Oh, and uh, they ride motorcycles and stuff. It was pretty. (laughs) It was pretty wild. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Oh, I would watch that. Uh, all right, so we have established that this is a uh, a very flowery movie, uh, as Hank says, a ladies movie. Oh yeah, and uh, Charlton Heston, Ethan Hawke never were ever in a movie <laughs> together. <laughs> okay, that that makes sense. I did think about that as I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, Peggy says uh, this is Charlton Heston, Ethan Hawke's third movie together. The first two went straight to video, <laughs> so you yeah, know, straight they to were, video. Yeah. So that's what my father watched was yeah, those. straight to video. Uh, Hank looks around; he only sees women in the theater with him. He goes. Dale and I are the only guys here. Peggy says, no, there are two gentlemen right over there, uh, the ones with the mustaches. Now, Hank, look, that is a pillow sham. She points at the screen. Yeah, yeah. And I'm assuming we're supposed to think that the two guys are there on a date, you know, with each other. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. But, again, to the credit of this show, nothing is brought up. 
Hank doesn't say a disparaging word. Nothing. Nothing. Right. So yeah, nothing at all. And, and I'm I'm not saying that he should. I'm just saying most people would think he would yeah, in that situation. Or make some kind of grumble. But he doesn't. Something. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. All right. Later on, uh, there is uh, uh, on the screen. There's there's a tractor that is turned over on the old man who I'm assuming is Charlton Heston. And the other man, who I'm assuming is Ethan Hawke, uh, kneels down and he's talking to him. Charlton Heston says, the only thing keeping you alive. Oh, no, no I'm sorry. This is Ethan Hawke. I did the wrong voice. Uh, he goes, the only thing keeping you alive is the pressure of the tractor. Charlton says, uh, son, I never really got around to saying a lot of things. And Dale says, for being 106, that man has a magnificent head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Nancy's only line, shh, shug. Uh, Peggy says, this movie is good enough to have been based on a novel, Hank. And she looks over and, uh, you hear on the screen, I won't be making it to the harvest this year, son. And you see Hank like turning away. He's starting to tear up. <laughs> yeah, he's starting to tear up. <laughs> and Ethan Hawke's character says, yes, yes, you will. You have to. He goes, oh, I'm so proud of you, Nathaniel. You are my rose. And then he just dies. Uh, and then <laughs> the other guy starts crying. Hank starts sobbing. Sobbing. Like, I mean, yeah, he is crying hilarious. straight up. And Peggy says, Hank, are you crying? Nope. Uh, just watching the movie. Uh, Dale turns, <laughs> turns to him and goes, Hank, you're scaring me. What the hell is going on? He goes, I, I'm okay. Please continue to look at the screen. <laughs> and Dale. That's funny. That, that, that is hilarious yeah. as a line. Please continue looking at the screen. Yeah. Dale turns to everybody. Hank Hill is weeping like a little French girl. I mean, just such an ass this guy is. Terrible, yeah. All right. Now, we're at uh, the Hank house, uh, the Hank Hill house. Uh, yeah, you don't do that. Like, if you see somebody, oh, God, no. imagine if you saw your dad cry while watching the movie. No. Like, dad, you're crying. You're crying like a girl. You're crying, you girl. What are you doing, sissy? Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> you know, when you when you really start dissecting this thing, yeah. Dale is much more of, a, of what people think about Texas than Hank ever is. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, because yeah, he's he like, yeah, the you're a little girl. Board, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, he yeah. does fit the stereotype. Yeah. Board. All right, now we're at the I hill. think, well, because I think that the stereotype of a typical Texan that yeah. people put in their mind is like, I, I think negative stereotypes is sure. conspiracy theory. Uh, conspiracy theory, racist. Racist. Uh, uh, misogynistic. Homophobic. Homophobic. All kinds of, yeah, all of those things they attribute yeah. to Texas. However... I read a story yesterday. They could tack it onto the Texas government if they oh, want sure, to. Oh, sure, sure, Or whatever, oh, or Texas, elements of. The Texas government is all yeah, those things. Or elements of. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say everybody, every individual participating, but our governor, elements of. Our governor rolls right in the room and just says something misogynistic and rolls oh, yeah, right yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, read a, I read a story yesterday about how most Gen Zers that are moving to a new state are moving to Texas. Which is weird, which is really because weird. you would think with all the crap that we have going on here with the anti-abortion and the the migrant situation and the wall and all the crap that we're giving every human being, yeah, that you would think that those folks would shy away. Well, from it goes, it. To, but I guess because it's cheap. Well, well, gerrymandering too is uh, a, the, a whole lot of the yeah. reasons because we're considered like we're like a purple state, really, because all of our all of our major cities, except for Fort Worth, are all blue. Yeah. So like if it really f it, it, Texas could really flip, and I think that's let me make a, why they're so let me make vigilant. a small political announcement here. Okay, that I'm not either side. I yeah, don't, yeah, I don't yeah. care, right? But I'm telling those Gen Zers that all moved here. You want to change things? Then go vote, because what's happening right now is all the old white guys they're going to vote, and you're not. 
So if you want things to change, go vote. Yeah, go vote. Uh, all right. So uh, now we're at the Hill House. There, I can't vote. Actually, you can't. No, I'm not, well, because I'm not a United States citizen. Oh, you're not. You're yeah. on a green card still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, I will, probably will be. Get out, foreigner. <laughs> yeah, get out, foreigner. <laughs> nah. That was sorry. That was a Dale in me talking. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, no, I'm not at all. I can't vote. So really, huh. like my opinion doesn't matter in the process. Eh, it still I'm, matters. I'm taxed still without representation. Here. Well, that's a, aren't we all? <laughs> that they're getting one over. They're getting one over on me. <laughs> it's the uh, Boston Tea Party all over again. I I constantly feel like we have zero representation, and that's not just in Texas. All right, so we're at the Hill House, uh, bedtime. Hank is in the bed. He's flipping TV channels. Uh, Peggy's in there brushing her teeth and probably thinking something terrible. Uh, and we hear the TV say, come see what Channel 84 calls a fragrant bouquet, bouquet of, of human, human emotions. emotions. Yeah, That's and, a funny, uh, <laughs> funny little quote. And, and he starts to tear up again just from the freaking commercial. Peggy goes, oh, Hank, come on. There's no reason to be ashamed about your crying. And then she goes, but yet I am. What a crappy wife she is. <laughs> what a crappy That's spouse. Terrible, yeah. There's no there's no reason to be ashamed, but I am. But I oh am, my god. Yeah. Hank goes, uh, I wasn't crying. Uh coming in from the heat outdoors and then the air conditioned theater is naturally gonna cause some condensation. <laughs> okay. Super shitty pain. All right, Hank. Yeah. Yeah, she goes, Now I'm not a professional psychologist, but I am an amateur psychologist. That means nothing, Peggy. Uh and I think the spontaneous eye watering may have something to do with your father. Hank says, nope, has nothing to do with anything. He just wants to move on. Just wants to forget all about this and just keep moving. Uh, Peggy, <laughs> yeah. Peggy will not let any of this go. She don't go. let it go at all. Oh, no. God, she no. goes long on it. Yeah, she goes, she well. Goes, she goes for too long. Uh, she goes, well, think about it. You have a strained relationship with your dad, and your greatest fear is that he will die without telling you how much he loves you. You are Ethan Hawke, Hank. You are Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Such a bitch, man. That's a terrible. He, he, says, uh, he says, that's just crazy talk. Our relationship is strained but fine. <laughs> strained but fine. Yeah, she's, she's an asshole for that. She says, wait, I... I don't know why I didn't see this. You're right. You're not Ethan Hawke. You're Charlton Heston. Bobby is Ethan Hawke. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, lady. All right. Uh, she goes, yes, done. Like, she's just closed the matter. That's all there is to it. Uh, he goes, uh, no, it is not done. And, I mean, he's starting to get a little pissed off. Peggy says, uh, you and Bobby are very distant emotionally and quite distant physically. And you know that if you were ever pinned under a tractor, Bobby wouldn't be able to <laughs> lift it. And you wouldn't be able to tell him that you love him. <laughs> What? <laughs> she goes, that, Hank, is why you were crying. Yeah. He said, no, there's something wrong with my eyes. Something seriously wrong. Yep, that's it. Good night. And he turns out and just rolls. He's just like, nope, my eyes are screwed up. Yeah. She goes, oh, okay. So now you're the amateur doctor. Interesting. God, what a turd the, re- the The amount of repression Ugh. right now, like the amount oh. of repression that goes on in the next few scenes is insane. Like. Hey. I don't know how the man even <laughs> shits at night. He's going to have a narrow sphincter, too. Well, he too. doesn't at one point. Yeah, yeah he's going to have a narrow sphincter, too, with that urethra. He's man so uptight that he goes he's, he like, he goes, he goes to an actual doctor to get his eyes looked at. Now him. we're going to find out why <laughs> Hank was ashamed to cry. He's out in the alley with all four guys. And oh, yeah, ribbing him. Dale says, Bell, knock, knock. He goes, who's there? Boo. Boo who? Boo who, Hank. Ah. <laughs> yeah, just killing just him, bullshit. Man. Uh, boom hammer. Man, that's a good one, man. I got another one. What do you call the difference between a man and a little squirt gun? What? Hank. <laughs> and then they just all start laughing. Yeah, they're e- It's so rough, up. man. All right, now, uh, Hank is over there pouring oil into the truck, and Bobby's kind of helping him or watching or whatever. And he goes, uh, so I forgot how long the straw was, and it caught me in the eye. That was Sprite running down my cheek, not tears. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a horrible excuse. Bobby's just like, uh, okay. 
Uh, Peggy comes out. She goes, let's go, Hank. We have uh, 2 o'clock with the optician at the mall. He's not a doctor, but there's nothing medically wrong with you, so it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> All right, we're at the mall. We're at the Arlen Vision Center. Uh, and the doctor is looking into Hank's eyes. He goes, how much longer do you think you have to be this close to my face? The doctor says, I'm not really finding anything wrong with your eyes, Mr. Hill. Peggy, <laughs> Peggy says, just as I thought, and diagnosed yesterday. God, I, she is, she would be so hard to just be around, you know, just, I, she's just a pain in the ass is what she's she is. She's a pain is. in the ass. It's so uh, it's so funny to me that he goes all the way to a doctor, yeah, to an optometrist, yeah. instead of to get his anything. eyes checked yeah. out before he'll say I was crying. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. won't you just say you're crying, man? Uh, Wasting all those people's time, that. man. Don't want that. That's funny. All right, so they're back in the truck. Peggy says, "Are you oh, ready to admit great. you were crying, Hank, or do we need to see a brain doctor? Because I will go right back in there and get a referral <laughs> from the optician at the mall, so we can see about your brain." Uh, he tries to start. The truck won't start. He just doubles over and starts crying. He goes, all right, you're right. I'm crying. You happy now? She goes, well, I'm happy for me, but I'm sad for you. What? What, <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah, this is, a, uh, this is one of those uh, hyper-typical episodes for her. Ugh. She goes, but, honey, I promise to keep this between you and me, Bobby and family therapist, and we will undoubtedly have to see. So her, him. Bobby and a therapist, but she's yeah. going to keep it under wraps. Other than that, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, he goes, "I'm not crying because of Bobby. Charlton Heston isn't me or Bobby. Charlton Heston is my truck." Peggy goes, "Nope, this is not because of your truck, Hank. I mean, Jesus, he's telling you exactly what it is." He says, "I, I think something's wrong with her. I checked her this morning, and there was water in the exhaust, which not a great sign. Not a great sign." Uh, and uh, he just says, he just like, oh, God. Like, he's just so broken up. Yeah. And that is the first commercial break. We'll take that, and we will be right back. What he said. All right, and we are back. Uh, Hank has now taken his truck to Handley Brothers Auto Repair. Uh, the t- truck got towed in because he just he couldn't make it go. Uh, Hank is standing there. He's very nervous while they're looking at it. The... Uh, the uh, uh, mechanic looks at him and goes, Mr. Hill, I'm afraid the news isn't good. She's only got about 500 miles left, 600 if you drive downhill, <laughs> which I think is a great, that's a great line. He goes, I'm just going to close her up. Hank's like, you're not even going to try to fix it? He goes, it would cost more to fix this truck than it's worth. No, sir, I do, do not, not accept, accept your answer. answer. This truck has given me, uh, and you cannot put a blue book value on that. Now, who's going to tow me home? <laughs> <laughs> he's just yeah, but the five hundred miles thing is bullshit. If a mechanic ever tells you that, oh, you know, it's crap. Because there's yeah. uh, there's no way to put how many miles a vehicle will no. last or not. We had a uh, Blazer when I was growing up that my uh, parents uh, used to let me drive. It was like the yeah. vehicle that I drove. It w- it wasn't mine, t- but it was mine to drive. You sure, know? and uh, the odometer on it stopped working at like one something you know like 160 or something like that yeah and i drove i mean i guess it was like another six years on that seven years on top of that that it was drove and uh well we didn't even know how many miles was on it so i will drive the hell out of it yeah i'll tell you this that and and, you know it makes me sound like an old man but the cars are not made the same as they were uh much cheaper but with more stuff on them, which just means more things to fix, and they just don't, more expensive fixes nowadays too. Yeah. Like 
back in the day, you used to go to AutoZone, get a 40 or $50 part and slap it on your car yeah. and you're good for another yeah. 100,000 miles. Yeah. Nowadays, you're replacing the same part five or six times, yeah. you know, in the lifespan of the car. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. All right, so. And that's not all cars. No, that's true. That is <laughs> American-made vehicles, sadly, because some of the best brands to, to buy and drive that are reliable are like Toyota and Honda. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Those motors like will Japanese go 300,000 And stuff miles, like yeah. that, because uh, uh, I have a Toyota. It's not a Toyota, but it's a Toyota-made vehicle, and, man, 80, I've got like 80-something thousand miles on it, and since I've had it, there has been like zero... No, like I've had, I've seen people go buy like brand new Chevys and they're hitting like 50,000 miles and like there's like catastrophic failures and they're having to like go take the truck back in and have to get whole new trucks and stuff like that. He's talking about my truck now. Well, is that is that what happened to you? <laughs> no, it didn't. Oh, okay. No, but that that no, you uh, didn't you wreck yours out of Ted Nugent's? I did not wreck mine at Ted Nugent's. A tree fell in front of me, a and I and I ran me. into it in front of Ted Nugent's. House. How does a tree yeah. like one in it a million? A, it was a bad storm, and this yeah. tree had to be a hundred years old because it was huge, yeah. and it just fell right in the front, right in front of my truck, and I just barely hit it, but put enough of a hole in it so that. Three, four months later, it stopped uh, turning over, and it's because some water had gotten into the electrical system oh, through that light. Yeah. yeah, it was nuts. It, it was is nuts. nuts. I thought I was going to get killed at Ted Nugent's house. Uh, all right. So oh, uh, <laughs> I saw he was signing hats and selling uh, them online. Dude I, is signing everything. I wanted to buy one and wear it just for satire. So he gave me one. Oh, yeah. While I was there, and I took it to my father and let him wear it because my dad's like a big <laughs> MAGA guy. So I said, yeah. there you go. Here's a hat. Cover up your balding head. Uh, all right, so uh, we're back in Hank's driveway. He's under the hood uh, because apparently they've towed the truck back to his house. Uh, all three guys are watching from behind the fence, uh, and Dale says, uh, Hank's never going to let go of the truck. We're the ones who are going to suffer. We'll now be rides to the auto zone and those chumps who will push my truck. Bill says, you can't blame Hank for being attached to his truck. He loves it, and that's what you do when you love something. You cling to it so it doesn't try to run away. Okay, Bill, there might be a little bit more in that. Yeah, a lot more. Uh, Dale says, I've had my van for 10 years. First sign of weakness, I'll shoot her myself. (laughs) All right, Dale. Uh, The truck starts, but it's super rough. Um, Hank says, look, she's running. All I did was change the spark plugs, adjust the valve train, and rebuild the carburetor. And Dale says she's powering like Eartha Kitt. You know what? Uh, you know who Eartha Kitt is? Uh, she played Catwoman in the original like '60s Batman. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah. why he says she's purring. Uh, oh, then, I got that. Then the that, engine yeah. catches fire, which is <laughs> that's always a bad sign when your engine catches fire. Boomhauer's says, uh, "You got dang old fire in the hole, man. Ain't gonna do nothing but blow, man." Hank says, no, nothing to worry about. Probably just leaking the fuel line. I'll just have to watch it till the engine runs out of gas. And he's just got a fire extinguisher just putting out the fire yeah, in his engine. Out. Later, uh, they're all looking at it, and he goes. And then they use ether, something like that. Oh, I don't know. In a fire extinguisher? Oh, not in a fire extinguisher, no. Messing when they're messing with vehicles like cars. Oh, yeah. Like oh, maybe. Uh, they're just all like, yep, yep, mm-hmm. And then the fire comes up again. Hank goes, squirts it out, and he goes, yep. I let me let me. This is just uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you guys, right? Uh, It could be used as a starting fluid. Oh yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. That's in the starter cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Ether. Well, because my dad is he's been a mechanic since uh, 
he was in high school. Oh, so yeah. uh, that's it, it was it was his trade for a lot of years. But like he kind of just like he was a mechanic for some people, and then he'd go do something else like like a shade it, tree mechanic, uh, right? Like a guy who does it on his. No, nah, I wouldn't say a shade. I would say I would say a shade tree mechanic. Uh, lot like higher skilled than a shade tree mechanic mm. uh he, he started out uh doing it in school like learning it in school yeah and uh whenever he graduated school they hired him on at uh, conley or whatever and for like four for like four four years or so something yeah. like that he was like the their mechanic like on all the school oh. buses and all cool. that kind of stuff like that but uh i've always seen him use like like and I asked him, well, that's ether. That's ether. Don't don't smell it. Mm. Move your head. Don't smell it. Stuff will knock oh, you out. Oh, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it will out. definitely. Uh, what 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 movie is that? Uh, that's why those... Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, we're on an ether binge. Oh, and they're yeah. just like stumbling into the casinos. Well, my uh, my dad used to work at an electronics store here in town. Um, uh, homegrown electronics store sold to all the schools and all that stuff. But they had cans of starter fluid and they had cans of this and stuff. And they would get guys come in there and buy it all the time, and then they just squirt it into a. Uh, paper bag you know yeah they'd yeah, find yeah. them across the street passed out and all kinds of stuff all right so it's nighttime uh in the driveway uh bobby is in the driver's seat and they're trying to get this thing going again he goes all right bobby i think the carburetor just needs a little fine tuning crank it gently he cranks it a little bit boom, there comes the fire again uh now we get this flashback uh hank has this big giant full head of hair yeah. he's got a tie on he's he's all dressed up obviously it's a long time ago when he first got the truck sticker price uh-huh he goes out and honks the horn peggy runs out and he goes peggy i know you said you'd divorce me if i got rid of the maverick so i hope you were kidding she goes oh hank it's beautiful and then we go back to the current time and we need to get another fire in the engine <laughs> so, so he was driving a ford maverick that's pretty, that's he pretty was. nice car the mavericks are back right are they? Don't they make a Maverick again? I, I think see. they do. Uh, all right. So next day, Hank is asleep. Yeah, they do. They got the 2024 Ford That's what Maverick. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next day, Hank is uh, falling asleep in a uh, uh, folding chair out in front of the truck like he's sitting up with it like it's sick. Uh, yeah, but the Ford Maverick was a car at this time. Though, right. In the 70s. Now it's right. a truck. It was, it was like a little bit bigger than a Pinto or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's a truck. Yeah. So the new Ford Maverick They're is... They're weird looking. I don't... I'm not a big fan. one of those yeah. baby trucks. Yeah, I'm not crazy about that. Oh. Uh, yeah, so they have the Ranger and the Maverick. Then they're both small trucks. Which well, I that's a uh, well, that's that new emerging market for vehicles. That you know how the the vehicle market changes. Like we had the sure. the uh, what are they called the midsize SUVs, mm -hmm. like the, the crossovers, the crossovers or whatever they call them. Yeah, so you had the era of crossovers. Was like there was a lot of crossovers being bought. You know during that when they first came out everybody right. came out with right. one and you can go through a parking lot of a soccer game and look and oh, they all look alike but you those. go look and you'll see every single one of them is a different brand of vehicle mm -hmm. but they all yeah. have that similar look yeah. that similar look uh i i really think that it used to be an art form back in the day and now it's more over it's for more function over form like for cars cars it used yeah. to be more of an art back yeah. back when they were first doing it and, and like especially that era of beautiful cars from like the late 50s all the mm -hmm. way to like the early 70s like that mm -hmm. 20 year time period ish I, I, I love a cars. good i love a good like 67 68 mustang yeah, right they're they're great i had i had fastbacks i had one of each cars. one of them i totaled twice and the other one my my cousin cracked the block on it oh, no. but we had those mustangs but i will yeah, tell they're you only like they were only like 15 year old cars when you were 
getting ready to start driving, weren't they? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, it was old enough that when I wrecked it the first time, they totaled it, uh, yeah, and yeah. so we redid the car, and then it got wrecked again, totaled uh, again. Yeah, totally, so it got yeah. totaled twice. But uh, I'm a sucker for like a '72 Mustang because it's got a big ass on it. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just a big car. The closest you know? thing it's I more like had, a Challenger or something. I had like one of the last muscle cars, I guess you could say, if you want to call it one of them. Uh, I had the 5.0 Mustang motor in a 1996 Ford Thunderbird. Yeah, and uh, a sucker would get it. Yeah, it was a um, fun car. Those it was it the big Thunderbird. It was the big. It the was big a two one? door. It was the big two door. It was uh. It was uh. Was the Mercury Marks something? Mm. They looked. They were like similar because yeah. if I ever had to go to pick and pull to get a part, they give you the list of like what cars you could get parts off of, and it was that they, they looked Both almost inside. They yeah. almost looked identical. Yeah. Because the Mercury was made by Ford. Obviously, my parents got one of those big Thunderbirds when they first came out, and um, I backed it out of the driveway and ripped one of the doors off. The back seat was <laughs> massive on them. Like, I used to sleep in it sometimes. It was the, a really big back seat. I put the door in the trunk and just kind of hanging out, and then I strapped myself in and drove it to the dealership without a door on it oh, and wow. said, hey, you got to fix this because they're coming home soon. That's funny. And they did, and then I took it and I fishtailed it into a light pole. Uh, all right, so. You had a lot of fun driving? Uh, it was all right. I mean, it was a big car. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it was I a mean, big I didn't car. get killed when I hit a well, light pole, so. The one, the ones, the, the '90s models or whatever, they were really big for what it was yeah. for just a two door car. Yeah, it was as long, it's huge. It was as long as like yeah. a, a four door sedan. And but when it you was think about two door car, when you think about an original Thunderbird, I mean, those are little cars. Yeah, you know, little the tiny fifty cars. ones, like yeah. the ones that came out in the fifties. Yeah. yeah, they were little Definitely. dainty little cars yeah. with like no back seat. But the back seat on that '96 was massive. I don't know why it was had such a ba- big back seat area. I had it like super tinted and everything. I know these are not the cars we're talking. about about but since we're talking about it's like cars, car it's a car episode my car centric uh, episode my vehicle. favorite my favorite car that i ever owned was a bronco 2 a uh, smaller version of a bronco oh they're worth a fortune these days jet black uh red interior which ended up being a theme for me i always had like red or black or both um but the cool thing about it is i was i put tint on the window so that it was dark as hell yeah i uh, had a giant oilers uh, sticker on the back window okay. and I cut around the tent so that it would shine uh, through sure. like and it was you know but the best thing about that car was or, or truck or whatever you want to call it um it had this huge like you could lay the back seat down and it was a big area yeah so yeah. big that you could maybe get a sleeping bag and a girl back there or yeah, something yeah, you yeah. know while somebody else is driving ideally, so yeah, that, yeah, was, ideally. that was my favorite part of the car yeah uh i guess my favorite car since we're talking about favorite cars we've owned was a i actually had a smart car like a 2016 mm-hmm. and uh the, the, the little one the little ones mm-hmm. the funnest thing about them was uh it's like a go kart, yeah. but it's street legal yeah. and it goes like 110 miles an hour. Oh yeah, yeah. so you that could turn on a dime. Shit out of me. You could like turn on a dime, yeah. and then when you're going through the highway, if traffic's a little congested and people don't want to let you in, you r- really are just gonna get in. Zip through. Like you could yeah. zip through a little bit easier. So when I was like, I would take it to major cities to drive in or whatever, mm-hmm. like drive around Dallas or Austin. Right. It was so perfect for parking because I could park in spaces in any direction the vehicle wants to sit in oh yeah, sure I, I could get yeah. out of any situation pretty much that's I what i like but it was awesome yeah. for that and it was fun to drive too it was a really fun fun drive all right so uh the car is t- caught fire again um hank looks over the uh fence and dale is over there 
uh, mowing on his riding lawnmower in nothing but a bathrobe. Uh, and Hank says, uh, he yells over to him, Hey, Dale, uh, do you mind driving me over to the auto zone? I'm just going to break down and buy a new carburetor. Dale says, and so it begins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're at Strickland Propane. Uh, Buck is right in front of the building, and he is pacing up and down. You can tell Buck is yeah. nervous. Yeah. Hank finally comes pulling up, and he goes, Sorry, I'm almost late, sir. Almost, by the way. Sorry, I'm almost late, sir. I tried that new left turn on 4th. It was okay. I mean, <laughs> Is this like we're making reviews of turns? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Buck says, yeah, 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 I need you, Hank. Uh, Clark Mobile Homes is threatening to cancel their account. Uh, he says, oh, God, they have a heated pool and communal barbecue pits. He drives off with Buck. Uh, he goes, what do I mean? Uh, it's, uh, what seems to be the problem, Mr. Clark? Uh, the truck is kind of sputtering. It's starting to overheat as they're driving it. Uh, and... Uh, Buck says, it seems Enrique's been short-filling their tanks. He goes, why would he do that? Well, I, I told him to. Uh, Craps almighty, it's hot in here. <laughs> so you see the little gauge, you know, it's starting to point to hot. Yeah, and he's got the vents on, so oh, it's like venting off the heat, venting off the motor. I have been there a million times. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. Hank we'll says, never do it again. <laughs> Hank says, really? I was just thinking it was a little chilly in here. No, you weren't, Hank. Yeah, no, he's, he's starting to make excuses now. Yeah, the car is literally dying. <laughs> the next thing we see, they're in Clark's office, and uh, Clark is talking to him. By the way, Clark, with his big gold chain, his glasses on a string, I mean, he looks like um, not a pimp, but maybe a bookie. Yeah, that kind of, like, he looks that kind of, he goes, now somebody's lying to me. Let's see, is it the girl in accounting? My daughter or you fellas? And it shows Buck and Hank, and they are just sweated to the bone. I mean, their just clothes are all wet, and they look gross. Uh, Buck says, "Scouts on it, Roy. If Hank says those tanks were filled, by God, those tanks were filled." Hank says, "Actually, sir, if you recall what I said, was woo wee. I don't like to get this sweaty unless I have a you know little lady to towel off on." He gets up and he just passes right <laughs> onto the floor. Yeah. Hank says, uh, "We lost the account, didn't we?" And talking to Clark. <laughs> All right, now we're at the dinner table with uh, Peggy and Bobby. He's uh, such a sketchy person. Bob, Bob, Strickland is so sketchy. <laughs> Bobby is uh, is is regaling Peggy with uh, tales of his of his day. So I raised my hand and I said, "Mrs. Donovan, I think I speak for the whole class when I say homework load has been a little heavy lately." And the class erupted like <laughs> it's just <laughs> such a big deal. Hank comes through the front door and he is just super depressed looking. Uh, Peggy turns to him and goes, Bobby was right in the middle of a great story. Start again, Bobby. Lots of energy. Uh, he goes, okay. Uh, it was a day like any. And then Hank butts in angrily and goes, here's a story for you. I've had a long day and I lost a big account. And I don't have the energy to listen to any stories. The end. I mean, you know Hank's pissed if he's responding to people that way. Oh, yeah. Uh, Peggy says, Bobby, honey, it, it, it's not because he doesn't love you. He goes, I know. It's because of his truck. She says, well, that is what he keeps saying anyway. But I think it would really help if your father fix his truck if the two of you spend some good time together and bobby says fixing his truck she goes oh it doesn't matter what you do bobby no no wait honey uh don't tell him any more of those boring school stories <laughs> okay boring school, school stories, stories. she's just such an ass to everybody in her she family she is she is terrible all right bobby especially to your kid oh like she, oh tell me about your day and then they were like is. all right that was just, one too many stories yeah it I'm doesn't good. matter who it is she's just an ass yeah she is uh she's, all right she's all for peggy and all for none <laughs> so uh bobby goes out to the garage um he 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 sees hank under the hood uh and bobby, 
Bobby gets on one of those creepers, you know, the creeper that you get yeah. under your car to change yeah. the oil or whatever, and he's, like, using it like a skateboard. Hey. We had something like that in um, first grade where we would roll around on yeah. the Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember those. Those yeah. were fun. Yeah. Like Until, were, like, you're somebody getting – gets their hands run over? Yeah, when you're yeah. doing, like, full <laughs> speed and you're not really yeah. paying attention to where your hands are, you kind of – like, you're holding on to the side, and then you kind of tuck your hand a little too far, and you catch the wheel with your hand and – throws you forward. I get I get flashbacks of that whenever I see hockey game like I, I'm just so surprised that people don't get their fingers cut off all the time in I, hockey. I, we never did that it's in amazing. England though that's an American phenomenon really that little that little tray little thing scooter but thing. but I've talked to so many well, people we don't like to move well so. I've talked to so many people that have been in the American school systems and yeah. everybody has that same oh, sliding on the creeper thing across the gym floor the parachute the parachute y'all did the parachute too oh hell yeah see that's what i'm saying like we're we're uh we're like a generation apart and y'all were doing the same thing oh we still did it oh yeah yeah, that's crazy yeah Yeah, see i didn't know that i didn't know that everybody was doing that so bobby i thought it was like unique to like our area Uh, or something but everybody had the same same experience i think it was a phenomenon uh he says to to hank hey you know what it was big parachute it was his big parachute it, pushing, big it parachute pushing it on us. Pushing it on I think it's a uh, uh, industrial uh, war complex. They had to like they had all these parachutes and they had to do something with them, right? I guess. So they reconditioned I, all the World War II parachutes, parachutes yeah. into some weird game for kindergartners. I never understood it. Uh, I thought it was fun because it was sure. something different than walking sure, around. Sure, but the what gym the hell are you learning? We were doing. I mean, you're was, not exerting yourself or anything. No, because you would run in, you just go, Wee! and then you would run Wee! out. Wee! Oh, y'all didn't like run in, and then yeah, run out. Yeah, we did, I guess. Yeah. Red Rover, Red Rover. Yeah. Let Mike come we over. Were, we were more running from dinosaurs at that point. Oh, okay. Uh, he goes, hey, Dad, I uh, need an extra set of hands. And Hank says, uh, this is not a toy. It's for lying down on. So Bobby, of course, lays down on the creeper, yeah. <laughs> you know, immediately. Uh, he pushes back, and he spills some of the oil that's in a pan. He goes, dang it, Bobby, people are going to see this oil stain and think I'm a drunk. Now clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> he throws a newspaper at him for him to clean it up. Bobby looks in the newspaper and sees an ad for Pickup Truck Heaven Pickup in truck West Durndal. Uh, and so now we're inside. Hank is looking at the same paper because obviously Bobby's pointed it out. He goes, uh, we perform miracles at pickup truck heaven. So I called and I told them the transmission shot and the engine mounts are rusty and it was catching fire a lot. And they said, no problem. Hank says, this place is all the way in West Durndal. I'm not going to drive my truck 40 miles on some magic carpet ride to do some jackass mechanic can tell me there's nothing he can do. Damn, Hank, tell him what you think. He goes, come on, dad, your truck drove to the hospital. When you cut your toe with a weed whacker, you owe it to her to at least try. Yeah. And that that resonates with Hank, right? Because he's he sees his truck as a person. Yeah, uh, Peggy. He has uh, personalized this truck. Oh, uh, was it anthropomorphic? Anthropomorphic. Anthropo- yeah. Anthropomorphic. He anthropomorphized, yeah. morphosized <laughs> this thing. Peggy says it's so. Uh, it's so weird. Uh, it's like a like you could almost write a romantic novel. Yeah. About Hank and the well, love of his truck. It, it, it's weird to me. I how wonder, we, I wonder, uh, I wonder what that would look like. How we always uh, like feminize things yeah. that aren't alive. You know, yeah. like the ship is a she or a her car. Same thing. Yeah. Peggy, well, if if anybody wants to write the fan fiction of Hank and his do. truck's love story, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would love to hear about Hank hitting. Just that get on Chat GPT and write a five yeah. chapter love story between Hank and his truck. Uh, Peggy says, and you owe it to Bobby to take him along. After all, this is his brilliant idea. I wish I could take credit for it. Oh, I did buy the newspaper. Damn, Peggy. Damn. 
<sighs> none of this, wow. sh- none of this stuff makes any difference. And she's always like stepping in front yeah, of people. Yeah, she's wild. It just sucks. Yeah. All right, both of them are in the truck, Hank and Bobby, and they're driving to West Durndal. Uh Bobby is looking at the paper. It does have an oil stain on it because yeah. it did. He was trying to sop up the oil with it. He goes, I'm not sure. The address is either 1523 or 1528. It says, look for the giant inflated gorilla. They drive up and they see a giant gorilla. And he goes, is that it? Well, yeah, Bobby, that's, it. that's yeah. probably it. It's the only giant gorilla. Uh, they get out and uh, they no, go. That's the other giant inflated <laughs> gorilla other giant five miles up. Gorilla. Sorry, you got a little ways to go yet. <laughs> they get out uh, at the lot here and a uh, man walks up and he goes, Hello, I am Marty Mendez. You must be Mr. Hill. I recognize your truck from your son's description. You have my condolences. Hank says, uh, Tell me, Marty, what do you recommend? He goes, A new truck. And that's when Hank clues in, looks Beep, around. Boop. And realize Bobby hit him with a quick one. Really Bobby <laughs> drug him all the eighty four miles, which yep. is uh, I mean when you're in Texas driving eighty more fi- uh, eighty eighty four. I was about to say yeah. eighty more miles. Eighty more miles. When you're driving eighty four miles, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of miles. Yeah. That's like and there's probably nothing between here and that eighty four. That's miles. like the distance between here. And like Fort Worth or Dallas. Yeah, yeah. It's about yeah. an hour and a half, two hours from us, something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, all right, so uh, he looks around and he realizes, oh, shit, I'm on a used car lot. Uh, and he goes, uh, you're not a mechanic at all. You're a salesman. He goes, I am the salesman. Salesman, salesman of the month, March 1998. I'm sure I mentioned that to your son. I'm very proud of it. He just looks at uh, Bobby and goes, how could you? All right, and that takes us to our next commercial break. We'll take that and we'll be right back. All right, and we are back. And we're back. Yeah, we're back at it. Hank and Bobby are back in the truck, and Hank is pissed. He's like, 84 miles, I'll never get back. Bobby goes, it's not my fault. Mom did buy the paper, so. (laughs) Mom bought the paper. Well, what I'm saying is it's been passed down from Peggy to Bobby in certain circumstances. No, he's he's savvy of how his mom (laughs) is. He's well aware of what she does, and that's his way of flipping it back Uh, on her, I believe. is like, if you're going to be mad at me, you better be just as mad (laughs) at Mom because she did buy that paper. He goes, uh, I'm as mad as her as you are. Uh, the truck starts to sputter. I'm as bad at her as you are. <laughs> the truck starts to sputter and it stalls out on some railroad tracks. This yep. is never good. Uh, I got a couple of facts. Yeah, please. For the railroad track thing, and uh, we have a railroad already, track already here. gave me the facts, but but uh, I'm a uh, I'm a train guy. It, I really well, like trains a lot. Like was, one of my. I was going to say it reminds me of the train outside here that we yeah, hear. Half, yeah, we hear sometimes. Yeah, yeah, through all the all the recordings. Uh, I'm a really big train guy, so I, I really like trains a lot. Uh, starting as a little kid in England, uh, a lot of the travel that you do in England uh, when you go from place to place is train. Is train because yeah. it's public transportation exists over there. Like imagine if we had a train system right here where you could just get, get on a train. Oh, I'd love it. Go to Dallas. Uh, it. You know, like it would be awesome to have a train system and we need Texas. A bullet train. Uh, well, bullet train or not, just, we need a train system. I like anything, train. even if we just had steam engines again, I want to get to Dallas in 45 minutes, just all the ripping up all the tracks and stuff that they've done. A lot of it is car companies. Yeah. T- that's, oh, that's one thing in the United it. States is like the car companies have, I'm pretty sure behind the scenes have tried to work this out to get try, to like def, to beat like big you know big train or big oil big train big whatever, all this yeah, stuff yeah. but uh, so it takes like a mile and a half for a train to actually stop when you emer- when you pull the emergency brake yeah so it doesn't really matter in in situations if you're on that train track uh, there's also a number 
that you call if you get stuck on a train track, guys. Just remember this. This is a fun fact for anybody if this ever happens to you. Mm-hmm. And I know everybody, whenever you're at one of those weird intersections that has like a train track and a yeah. stop sign yeah. and like half your car is on the track, you know, it's kind of you always get in your mind, oh, am I going to get hit by a train kind of feel? <laughs> well, there is a number. If you ever stall out and you're at an intersection, look for the box, one of the boxes, the control boxes. Yeah. It will have a number to a control guy. Uh, somewhere huh. w- within the network, I didn't know that. and you call that number, and what they'll do is, is they'll alert any train that is on the track on either direction. Oh wow! They'll alert those trains. Hey, there is somebody stuck on this track. Well, I mean, that makes Stand sense. Stand by for direction. Yeah. Don't like. We'll let you know if you need to hit your brakes before yeah. you get there. Yeah. So they're able to judge on their GPS because they're all GPS now. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to judge how far it is for them to stop before hitting you so they'll be able to stop way way ahead of time if you're actually stalled out you know don't ever go abuse that because oh lord no uh that that's a federal federal offense i'm pretty sure false reporting oh it'd have to be false reporting stuff on a railroad because the railroad is really weird and and anybody's ever done their own taxes knows that like it always has like were you the military or a railroad or whatever because they have their own federal right like income stuff that well, they do like, with the federal government it's like up here on this floor the company that shares the floor with us all they do is postal insurance yeah, so it's the same yeah, kind of thing you know thing, they're yeah. all segregated like that so they uh <laughs> sputter out and they stall on the railroad tracks and he goes come on bobby take the wheel uh, and he gets behind it and tries to push the truck and he goes oh, i can't push it myself she's too solidly manufactured <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> the next thing we see he's under the truck working on it on the tracks uh which is a dangerous place to be bobby is over there balancing on the train rails and stuff and he goes stop making train noises it's not funny he goes dad it's not me uh, I think there's a, and then you see the guards start to come down and the bells are going off and all the ding, 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 all of that stuff. He goes, Bobby, get away from the tracks now. Dad, leave it. He goes, stop. Someone's on the track. Stop train. Stop. He's out there trying to wave the train down yeah. and all that. And it won't stop. Yep. And then, uh, he gets back in, tries to start it. Nothing happens. He runs out. Uh, Bobby falls down the hill cause he's trying to run. And then finally, the train comes by and crushes, crushes the truck and carries it about half the, half a mile down the tracks. Uh, if if you're ever the something I do in the background sometimes is uh, just as background noise. You could go on YouTube and they actually have live train noises, cameras. So they have oh, live really? cameras oh, on train cool. tracks yeah. and. Uh, they they do it for air traffic too. There's a a guy in Dallas that goes out there and sets up cameras. He's got like a live yeah. stream that he does where he'll sit there and he'll sit there and oh this this is playing Boeing blank 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 out of mm. you know wherever it's That's landing in cool, flying yeah. out of and uh, uh, you can also see uh, train tr- crashes. Oh wow! So a lot of these live cameras will go and they'll piece together these compilation videos of footage they've caught live action footage and you could you know see see train crashes it's one of those things where it's like you don't want to look yeah but the euphemism is everybody likes to everybody likes to look at a train crash rubbernecking you know that's exactly what it is. cool fun fact real fast for you i don't know if you know this you probably do uh there used to be uh out towards west they set up this uh, west comma texas west comma texas not west texas Uh, they set up this little town, and this was a like an exposition with the train companies where they slammed two trains together, 
Have you have you ever heard about that? Yes, I have because one of our shows here, Waco History Podcast, yeah, they covered the that a f- couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, so for those of y'all that know, don't know, you can look it up. It's called Cr- uh, the Crash at Crush, and what it was is Katie Railroad at the time was doing like this exposition where they uh, yeah. were trying to show off their yeah. trains and stuff. So they thought. Uh, let's slam two trains together. <laughs> when they slam those two trains together, the population of Crush made it the largest city in Texas. There was that many people that really? showed up to wow. watch it that uh, if they counted the po- counted it as at uh, the population of this town because it was yeah. a pop up town. Yeah, sure. They created a whole name for the city. I did not There's know a that. marker. Yeah. There's a marker out there somewhere for huh. it, like an actual yeah. uh, numbered historical marker yeah. with the Texas Historical Association sure. or whatever. And uh, they just slam these two trains together with crowd, crowds and crowds of people. Wow. So you could imagine what happens. There's a yeah. photograph of. There's a photograph on uh, uh, the internet of you see this the, a guy that like a piece of metal flies by him, and you can see on the camera the whole explosion and everything of these trains. But they said that it blew pieces of train like almost oh, a mile away imagine. from the crash site. Yeah. And it was two boiler trains. It yeah. was two oh, this was high big this was big pressurized old trains, yeah. steam trains. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. so much pressure in those boilers oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Well, they just let alone them both together at full speed. Let alone speed. all the metal, and they're going 40, 50 miles an hour or whatever. Full, whatever, the, yeah. whatever the full speed of that engine was at the time, they just slammed them both together. Well, and and people died and stuff like that. So there was like a big or, ordeal I don't behind know, all that. I don't know what that's called, but when one thing is rushing towards another thing, don't you like double up the, the speed or yeah, whatever? Yeah, so if they're, if, if like they're doing the 45 impact. and one's doing 45 and you slam them together, yeah, that's... That. One, tree, one train leaves Dallas at 8 a.m. The other train leaves Houston at 5 a.m. When will they... Yeah, it's that yeah. Kind of thing, right? All right, so uh, the, the truck has been crushed. Uh, the next thing we see later at that site... Uh, his truck is on the back of a tow truck, and this is one of the big ones with the bed yeah, on it. I don't want to interrupt you, but truck this is image is just fucking—it's just fucking badass. He got it right at the. Oh point. yeah, this is yeah. a badass. Well, image. that's the same one. They—it's just two trains hitting each other, but that's the same yeah. image they used in their cover art. They—they <laughs> oh, the they did that show right before we were able to get that show. From well, I they did a live show. I know. I know he's from Baylor. Yeah. That that guy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They have a huge collection. Their Texas collection, or mm-hmm. they call it, because mm-hmm. I go through it uh, through their oral it, history what? collection all the time and read oral history. Gildersleeve the is the guy who took all those photos. Fred and stuff. Gildersleeve. There's a huge uh, Gildersleeve collection. This there. photographer was a guy called Joe Dean yeah. who took this, but Gildersleeve is a huge photographer for just this area in general. Yeah, there's a huge collection over there. He, has a, the, he was a massive uh, the oral, part of collecting this. The oral history you're talking about, that's what Sloan is over. He's, oh, the, he's over, he's over the oral yeah, history Yeah, so department. that's what I do yeah. is I'll go listen because they have stuff dating back. They've digitized oh, yeah. from like the 60s and stuff well, like that that they've got on their access to. And it hasn't stopped because <laughs> when they come in and do an episode or when he comes in and does an episode, I have to send the raw over to the oral history department he goes in, because he goes in the archives. He goes in the archives. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're now recording stuff that goes in, the, the, goes archives, in the archives, which is kind of cool. Because there's a, uh, a joke that used to be around here they actually named the uh judge the, roy scream no bill oh. Logue. uh they actually named the juvenile detention center after him i grew up in the neighborhood that the juvenile detention and yeah. detention center sure. sat in so i always saw that name well when i started going through the texas history collection i started like 
clicking all these local names and stuff, and you like he gives his you get his entire history from when he grew up in Spiegelville when Spie- before Spiegelville was sure. flooded out sure. and made the lake because they yeah. added the la- the the lake yeah. took over the original Spiegelville area. So just hearing like how this entire area grew and listening to the story about these almost frontier like experiences, not like completely, but only a hundred years removed from us kind of thing. Oh, it's kind yeah. of cool, especially Absolutely. in the area I live in. I, I, I was finding stuff fascinating. Right, listen, listen real carefully. You can hear that train. I love there it. There it goes. Trains. <laughs> I know it sucks in a recording. Well, it does suck here, but, but I love this. Apparently of they've reached some sort of deal where they're going to have these little quiet zones where the train doesn't honk as it comes right through the main part of the city. Yeah, they're uh, they're they they're investing millions of uh, dollars, I'm sure, from all yeah. the taxes they collect from us. Uh, <laughs> high high amount of taxes for property anyway oh, yeah. in this area sure. right now. But they're supposed to be redoing each corner to make them safer as well. Because uh, in the area that we're in, guys, uh, it was dead for a really long time. Yeah, and the so. infrastructure never w- never has has not reached didn't the, keep up. Yeah, at all, like at all, zero. Like they're just now getting it to where traffic isn't god awful, uh, and it's still god awful. And uh, so these crossings, some of them are really like, you know rudimentary some, some of them weren't even put in until like the 70s that's some long ass trains that come through here too like, yeah it's a big freight highway that's look why at that. it's you, like can, a big you can look way back here over to your uh right and it's still coming like yeah, it's been it's coming uh, for 10 minutes this is now. a big freight corridor right here because it goes straight into the Bellmead train yard that's yeah. right over here um that's still a train yard it's not uh, a big it used to be the second largest uh steam repair shop that's how, that's how Bellmead really started. Uh, wow. That's the name of Bellmead comes from the guy. It was his hometown in Tennessee. It was called Bellmead. Mm. Bellmead. It was a, it was a horse farm. Oh, he I didn't grew know up that. on Bellmead Horse Farm, and uh, he, that's why they named it that. But the uh, the train yard they still use is like a, a hub for swapping mm-hmm. cars and stuff like that. So mm. that's why that is right there where it's at anyway. So we're at the crash. Like that it, means anything to oh, anybody. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. It, yeah. And the truck is being towed away, like <laughs> I said, on a flatbed of a tow truck. Uh, and Bobby says, so that's what it sounds like when a train hits a truck. A little more trucky than I would have thought, considering how much train there was. Yeah. That's a wonderful line that is a by wonderful Bobby. Line. That is a great line. Uh, Hank being pissed, uh, looks at Bobby and says, this is all your fault. You killed my truck. He goes, I was just trying to help, and if it wasn't a train, it would have been something else. The mechanic said he only had 500 miles left. Even if he was right, which he wasn't, I only drove five miles a year. I could have had her for another 100 years. We should have asked for a lift. <laughs> and so uh, the, the tow truck takes off, and he says we should have asked for a lift um, because now they're just stuck, right? So they start walking. Uh, they eventually make it back to the car lot with the, the giant inflatable gorilla. Uh, and he tells, he tells Bobby, all right, you just sit here and try not to break any more trucks. Uh, the, uh, car salesman comes up and goes, you're the back. He goes, uh, save your fancy, uh, come ons for Okies. Okay. I told you before, I'm not interested. Okies. So Okie, people from Oklahoma, yeah. <laughs> he goes, uh, and none of your song and dance is going to change that. He goes, believe me, it would. Now, as long as you have come back, I must feel uh, that I to tell you this bad boy comes with a sunroof, seat warmers, and its standard package. So it's another truck. It's red. The yeah. only difference between this one and the old one, it looks a little bigger, and it's two-tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one would be the uh, 
Uh, let's see. Already, I think this is like a 2000 or a 2001. 1999 F-250 Super Duty. Oh, it's a 250. 250. And the, it's the XL because of the matte black. Ah. That little trim around, gotcha, the matte gotcha. black trim or whatever that kind of, uh, yeah, connotates. It's probably the Ford F-250 Super Duty XL. So he tells him all about the seat warmers and the sunroof. And he goes, well, sounds great. Let me just put on a dress and hop on up. Look, I just need a phone. He says, uh, there's one in the truck. He goes, I'm just being honest with you. He goes, I'm just going to use the payphone in the showroom. Bobby, I'll do just a minute. Uh, and then uh, he looks over, and he sees lightning strike and thunder roll, and there's no Bobby. No Bobby. Uh, he goes, Bobby? Uh, he He's looking around, and he sees another salesman, and he goes, you looking for a little kid about this big by this big? <laughs> That's the funniest part to me. He goes like deep and wide, you know, this big by this big. He goes, <laughs> yeah. he's, he said he's walking home. What? Why didn't you try to stop him? I hey, looked like he could use the exercise. That's funny, yeah. <laughs> it's rough. Uh, there's another couple that uh, the salesman's over there talking to, and she's like, red or green, honey? Uh, and Hank comes up and he goes, well, I give up. I don't know if it was you or the truck, but I need to test drive this beauty right now. Salesman goes, oh, I knew it. It feels like March 98 all over again. Yes. And so he gives him the keys to the truck. Yep. Hank's going to take it for a test drive, but he's really just looking for Bobby at this point, right? He's going to drive around looking for him. Hank is driving around. It's raining. He's looking for Bobby everywhere. Uh, we see uh, we see Bobby just walking around. He's got a coat over his head because it's raining now. He comes to the tracks. He sees the shifter knob from the truck that's popped off and it's just laying there amongst all the yeah. wreck debris. Which is kind of weird that there was a shifter knob because it was an it automatic is. truck, but we'll go with it. It is, whatever. Uh, so he picks it up. Uh, we see Hank driving around. He drives by a uh, bus bench and he goes, excuse me, I'm looking for my son. One of the guys on the bench says, a kid came running by asking for directions to Arlen. He goes, that's him. And I pointed him north to Mariposa, but he went west on Travis. And the guy's just like, oh, well, I point it, blah, blah, blah. They just keep talking. Hank drives off quick, uh, and he goes, okay, west. He looks up, and inside the truck you see uh, directions like north, northwest, west, or whatever. Yep. And so he's able to train, he's able to, to turn at the right place and go west like he said. Uh, and so he, that's kind of Hank's first. Yeah, it's got the first, compass on it. Yeah, that's Hank's kind of first where he goes, oh, well, that's not bad. Was, you know, that kind that of That blazer thing, right? I was talking about earlier had the compass on it. I always thought it was so cool. I was like, yeah, I know which direction <laughs> I'm going. I know I'm going north, damn it. Yeah, I'd still take yeah. that because I have no idea where I'm going. Uh, all right, so now uh, uh, Bobby, we see Bobby. He is. Uh, he comes to a big puddle of standing water. He tries to get over it. His shoe stuck, sticks in the mud. Then we're back to Hank. He finally sees Bobby because he sees like like his his shoe prints mm -hmm. and all that stuff in the mud. He goes, "Oh, Bobby!" Uh, and then he stops real fast to avoid a tree in the road. And then he goes, "Oh, anti-lock brakes. That's why they didn't lock." Well, yeah, yeah they're anti-lock brakes, Hank. Uh, so that's his second clue that this truck is really nice and it could yeah. be something he could really use. Uh, you see Bobby wriggling out of his socks at the top of the hill, and he rings them out. Uh, and then, like I say, he sees his tracks and all that stuff. He gets stuck, and then he shifts it down to four-wheel drive, and he gets out of the mud. So that's his third thing that he sees. 
Uh, and uh, then you see Bobby. He's now shivering in the rain. Uh, he's on top of that rock on the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. And he goes. He's talking to himself. You can do it, Bobby. Only thirty nine miles to go. Yeah, hold, hold that. Th- hold miles. that thought. So they drove 80, 80 plus miles, <laughs> and Bobby's at the thirty nine mile 39. to go mark. Yeah. How did Bobby walk? Almost fifty plus miles, or, or or forty plus miles. Bobby's very quick. In that, I would have to say that Bobby would go down as a Guinness Book of World Record. He for is the uh, speed walking. He is the Usain Bolt of speed walking in the rain. Yeah. Uh, so Hank sees Bobby. A little continuity issue. <laughs> he uses his four wheel drives, the wipers on his lights, which woo, that's oh, a big that's one. High end. Uh, anyway, he drives up to Bobby. He goes, Bobby, quick, get in. The wiper on the lights thing though. Why? I just don't understand why yeah. wipe it uh, wipes the water off your lights. But does it keep your? Does, does that? I don't know. Does man. the water? Does the rain? Does the rain on your light? I don't. All think that I makes think a about is it? the fact that I would have to replace another. Lights set of nowadays don't matter anyway. No, Some of them suckers no. will cut right through you. Like oh. it's killing me. Like night driving is terrible. Those for me. police lights, far too much. Far yeah. too much. I go to a lot of concerts and stuff. So uh, Casey and I end up driving a lot to Austin and Dallas and stuff like that, and we pass a lot of cops. And boy, at nighttime, those lights are freaking blinding. Like yeah. it, I would think they cause more wrecks. But well, I who would am think I? So too. The, or the or the the bigs is what they call them xenon lamps. Oh my xenon lamps. Oh my god. It's like they we, glow. So the wife and I <laughs> were coming home the other day, and we're driving down Hewitt Drive. So you guys can get an idea of where yeah. we're at. Uh, and I see in my rearview mirror this this car behind us. I think it's a big truck, right? And it's got just this solid bar of lights, like a solid bar. It's not individual lights. It's like one big bar of light. And I was like, what the hell is that? And I asked her about it. She didn't know. And then we come to a stoplight, and one of those damn cyber trucks pulls up beside us. And that's oh, what it wow. is, right? Yeah, I've seen them suckers on yeah. the road. Man, they're some of the ugliest looking things that's going down exactly the road. exactly the conversation. It feels like an apocalyptic kind of feel. When I, I've been in traffic where there's like two or three of them going down the road, like, you know, yeah. within like two or three yeah. miles of each other, because I'm in Austin a lot. It's awful. And it feels apocalyptic. It feels like the end of the world's coming. I told, I told my wife, I was like, that's what it looks like when you have an eight-year-old draw a space truck. You know, that's exactly what what you're gonna get yeah. out of it you know it looks like yeah no that, that's what they look like they look like uh it looks like a mars rover where you've got a bunch of lego you know? pieces oh. in, in oh, a box and like you're them. piecing them together to try to make a, a, a car yeah, they're so expensive yeah. they all got recalled i mean I, I just yeah, they have uh the they said that there's a problem with the stainless steel coating or whatever yeah. on the sides of them where they're starting to rust oh yeah but i think that would look cooler though uh, i think that would no, make man. them look infinitely cooler uh, imagine driving around in this rusted out space truck you would look almost like <laughs> mel gibson <laughs> In 2024, stopping right? and crapping about Jews. Uh, so he he pulls up next to Bobby and he goes, "Bobby, quick, get in." He goes, "I'm fine, thank you. I am walking home." That's another thing he gets from his mother. Uh, he goes, "Bobby, you got tired on the drive over here. Look, Bobby, I'm sorry. I blamed you for killing my truck. I know it wasn't intentional." And Bobby doesn't often react this way. Yeah, he, he goes, goes in on it. Yeah, he goes, "Well, you're damn right. It was." <laughs> it's like, Whoa. yeah, go, Bobby. He goes, you think you're the only one who loved that truck? I spent the best years of my life in that truck. Hank says, you you loved my truck? I'm sorry. I never got a chance to tell her that. Come on. Why don't you climb me on up? It's got seat warmers. And that gets to Bobby because he's like, oh, my butt is kind of numb. So yeah. he gets in and he goes, hey, I got my own airbag and vanity mirror. He gets over being pissed real quick. Real fast. Right? Yeah, he's not mad for long. Yeah, because sure. he's got his own airbag and a vanity mirror. And he looks into it and he goes, oh, I look pretty sweet in this truck. 
Then he pulls out that shifter knob he had found on the ground. He goes, I found this by the tracks. You know, maybe she died there for a reason. Like she was trying to tell you something. Like, yeah. go back to the dealership and buy a new truck. It's okay. I'm in a better. Oh, and then the train hit her. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right in the middle of uh, Hank says, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe she is looking down on us uh, right now from pickup truck heaven. You know, the real one. What does that mean? The real, the real heaven or the real heaven for cars? Is that only where trucks go? I don't really I don't know. understand It reminds that me joke. of, uh, man, what's the name of the short story? Hold on. Hold on. Let me see if I can clarify. It was a uh, Stephen King short story Maximum about Overdrive. cars. Was it Maximum Overdrive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Terrible movie. Wasn't that uh, Awful movie. Emilio Estevez? Emilio or Estevez. Yeah. Terrible, terrible movie. It's got uh, Green Goblin on the front of one of these trucks for some reason. And then a soda machine comes alive and, and hits him in the nuts with a can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, After that, it was I'm a good just story, like, though. Mm, fuck that. Yeah, that's what it even says right here. Here you go. <laughs> here you go. This is, this is one of the funniest <laughs> critiques of a movie I've ever heard of. Okay, King himself disowned the film. <laughs> he described it as a moron movie. It is. And considered the process a learning experience. It was based on trucks. That's what it was called, yeah. his, his, uh, his yeah. short story. I remember that. And uh, so this is this the first time that they made a movie from anything that he did? And this was just the shittiest. I don't think this so. Is how he learned? No, because Carrie, um, I believe oh, no, uh, it's not. Christine it, was before that. I think Cujo was before that. But it is. Here you go. So well, Shining also. Shining it's his only movie. directorial effort. Yeah, it was rough. It so was this, rough. So Stephen King, I didn't know he had that that, yeah. that much to do. It with was it. like a terrible cartoon. It was just a terrible, terrible cartoon. Yeah, it says it was his only directorial effort. Even though dozens of stuff had been based so, on his movies, two different, two different extremes here. Uh, Maximum Overdrive from a short story that Stephen King wrote, and it was a terrible, <coughs> terrible movie because they yeah. tried to fill in the blanks and make it long. And then the other side of that coin is The Green Mile, which is one of the greatest movies, and that's also from a bunch of short stories that he wrote, and that yeah. is excellent. And it's because he lets somebody else handle his work. There, well, there, there's also some other ones that he's attached to that are also could be considered. Shawshank Redemption was. It was oh yeah, Stand by his, Me. Right? Was Shawshank Redemption one mm -hmm. of his? Yeah. Shawshank. Stand, Stand by, by Me was his. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's got some great movies. It, the new It's. I mean, those are good movies. And Shawshank Redemption was, was, was not only is it a really good movie, yeah. it's listed as like top five in most. Most oh sure things you go look yeah. at on the internet. Yeah. As far as IMDb goes, I yeah. think it's in the top five most watched on like IMDb, oh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's a all great those like feel good movie. Plus, yeah. it's got Morgan Freeman doing most of the voice acting in it. So I mean, it's it's really great. Um, what was the one I was thinking of? Um, Dark Tower. Super disappointing because Dark Tower is like forty six books or whatever. As much as I like, and they it. were so good, but the movie yeah. sucked. As much as I like it, the Langoliers is really cheesy. Yeah. But it's, it's not bad. It's, it's not, not a bad, bad. movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Dark Tower, though, that guy, um, that the, the current guy who's like Mr. Horror on Netflix, um, the one that did House of the Fall of Usher and all yeah, of that yeah, stuff, yeah. he is doing a Dark Tower series, uh, which another Mike Flanagan. One. Mike Flanagan. It might yeah, be. Yeah. It, that would be really good. That then, would be good. Because it needs that sort of treatment. Yeah, because Dark Tower is an excellent story. <clears throat> no, it's really good. Another good one uh, that I liked it was uh, uh, Needful Things. Yeah, that was yeah, a really good bad. one. That was a good one. 
So uh, he goes, yeah, you know, maybe the real one, the real pickup truck, Kevin. Uh, Bobby says, oh, man, there's something in my eye. So he's starting to kind of tear up now. Hank goes, yeah, it's a new car smell. It's very strong. Bobby says, I love this truck. Hank says, yeah, me too. But when we get back to the dealership, pretend like you hate it. (laughs) (laughs) And and then at the very end, a butterfly flies by, and it just pulls it all together. Yep, and pulls it all We get the credits, and then after the credits, we hear Peggy say, to the flowers of time. Or I'm sorry, it was Bob. But that's it, guys. That is uh, season five, episode nine, uh, Chasing Bobby. My papers are all over the place. I'm not used to them being on front and back. Um, but I want to thank everybody for being here. We really appreciate it. And you want to tell them where they can find us? Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, you can find us at bwaaakoth.com or you can find us at bwaaakoth on social media. That's it. That's it. Uh, you can also find this and a bunch of other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Uh, we would be happy to see you there. Um, what was I doing last night? I was making some new shows uh, for Snack Attack, which is just a little like four or five minute thing about uh, snacks that have been discontinued. Uh, what, did you, made, what, what, what did y'all talk about? Uh, we didn't. It's uh, it's mostly a generated show. Okay, but like uh, I was noticing last night that the Pepsi Clear was getting a lot of the hits. People want to hear about it. Um, so I do Pepsi clear jolt cola did uh, waffle crisp. Um, anyway, it's just it, Reggie bar, you know, things like that. Yeah. Just, just discontinued candy and, and drinks and sodas and, and snacks. Uh, and then there's Ned Hillsdale, uh, private detective. Um, I think I made 10 new episodes last night, something like that. I was just sitting there just cranking shit out yesterday but anyway there's a lot of stuff out there if you want to take a look at it uh, another one is cultastic or how to start a cult without really trying uh that is a cult that is being generated by chat gpt week by week so there's some fun stuff to listen to uh now i will say this uh i had a thing happen this last week uh i put out a uh, thing on instagram and said i'm looking for people that are interested in hosting true crime because true crime always does well yeah. and all that. But with the advent of ChatGPT, I've realized y- you can make up these crimes. So it'll it'll spit out police reports. It'll spit out all the stuff, right? And you've got a whole like little universe it'll build for you yeah. around this crime. And so this show will be about those crimes, right? So not true crime, but false crime. And I met a lady the other day. She came in, and my God, I couldn't have found anybody better to host this show. And so uh, she's got, uh, she's been dealing with Chat GPT for like a year and a half. She's good at prompts and all this stuff. And so she's going to help me develop some of the content and everything. We're just looking for a co host at this point. But be looking for false crime because uh, I think that one's going to be kind of cool. We don't have to. (laughs) And I told my wife last night, I was like, we don't have to wait for anybody to be killed. You know, we (laughs) we can just make it up. Nobody has to really die for it. Yeah. But we got all that coming up, Uh, guys. uh, Please take a look. Also, February 29th, March 1st, March 2nd, we will be holding the three-day Waco Block Party here. Uh, Lots of live shows, music, um, movies, all kinds of stuff, but three days in Waco. If you're around this area, please come see us. Uh, We will be playing, I believe, on the 2nd, and uh, Flame Trick Subs, our buddies that do the uh, theme music for this, uh, will be opening for us. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. All right, guys. We will see you again on Friday for a That Ain't Right episode. And uh, in the meantime... Ooh, we matanye. We matanye, indeed. (laughs) 
This has been a Rogue Media Network production.